Hello, this is Anditi from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 5th of July. Z News anchor Rohit Ranjan was arrested by the Uttar Pradesh police today on charges of airing a doctored and misleading clip of Rahul Gandhi on his primetime show. However, before the arrest, the Chhattisgarh and Uttar Pradesh police were in a tug of war over the arrest. The matter escalated when Congress ruled Chhattisgarh police arrived at Ranjan's door in Ghaziabad to arrest him. Ranjan then tweeted that Chhattisgarh police was standing outside his house to arrest him without informing the local police, asking whether this process was legal. He tagged Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath, SSP of Ghaziabad and ADG Zone Lucknow Police. The Raipur police then replied to this tweet, stating that there is no such rule to inform. Still, now they are informed. A police team has shown you the court's warrant of arrest. You should, in fact, cooperate, join in the investigation and put your defence in court. However, the Ghaziabad police detained Ranjan and took him to an unknown location, preventing his arrest by the Chhattisgarh team. NDTV cited a video filmed today morning in which the two police domains are seen fighting and jostling for the anchor's custody in the dramatic video. He was finally taken into custody by Noida police in Ghaziabad later today. A senior police official said that a team went to Ranjan's house to call him for questioning in a case registered on the complaint of Z News. An FIR has been registered under the Indian Penal Code, Section 505. Since Ranjan is the anchor of the show, he was taken to police station for questioning. Chhattisgarh police had also come, but Ghaziabad team had already detained Ranjan. Indian Express reported. Cases were filed in Congress-governed states, Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh, soon after Ranjan played an edited and misleading clip of Rahul Gandhi. In an interview, Gandhi had defended some miscreants who had attacked his Vayanad office and called them children who were irresponsible, but their transgression can be forgiven. However, the channel allegedly ran it as a comment on the Udaipur Taylor's killers. Ranjan had later issued an apology for the same. An FIR has been filed against independent filmmaker Lina Manimekalai for hurting religious sentiments. The Delhi and Uttar Pradesh police registered FIRs against her over a poster of her new documentary film, Kali. Delhi police stated that its IFSO unit filed an FIR under the IPC sections 153A and 295A against the allegedly offensive poster. The UP police filed an FIR on charges of criminal conspiracy, offence in place of worship, deliberately hurting religious sentiments and intention to provoke breach of peace against the filmmaker for the disrespectful depiction of Hindu gods, NDTV reported. The Madurai-born, Toronto-based filmmaker had earlier taken to Twitter to share a poster of a film which depicted a woman dressed in a costume portraying the goddess and smoking. A flag of the LGBTQI community is seen in the background. The Indian High Commission on Monday urged Canadian authorities to withdraw the disrespectful depiction of Hindu gods, showcased as a part of the project called Under the Tent at the Aga Khan Museum in Toronto. Listeners, you may be aware of journalist and fact-checker Mohammed Zubair's arrest. However, he is not the first journalist to be targeted over their attempts to report freely. Many activists and journalists have been targeted over their activities which question the state or government. 
yesterday press club of india hosted an event to speak on press freedom and a need for journalists to come together in these trying times my colleague ayush tiwari covered the event you can go to newslaundry.com to watch his video report titled press meet on zubair's arrest why journalists need more than just shows of solidarity to know what was discussed about the state of media and especially independent journalists listeners if you like the work that we do consider subscribing to news laundry remember that we are able to deliver these reports free from corporate or government influence only because we don't depend on them for ads news laundry is an ad free platform our journalism is funded by you our subscribers so if you aren't already a part of our independent news model subscribe by going to newslaundry.com and clicking on the red subscription button at the top right corner subscription plans begin from rupees 300 a month pay to keep news free raids were carried out at 44 locations across india against the top chinese mobile manufacturer vivo and several firms linked to it ndtv reported the raids were carried out over allegations of money laundering this isn't the first time vivo has been under the scanner last year income tax department in december had searched over 20 premises belonging to vivo and other chinese companies like oppo xiaomi and oneplus The authorities had cited intelligence inputs of tax evasion in hundreds of crores by showing losses or lower revenue than actually generated at that time. Xiaomi's India head Manu Jain was questioned by the central agency over alleged violations of Foreign Exchange Management Act or FIMA. After this, the ED attached Xiaomi's bank accounts with rupees 5000 crore with the case, but that was halted by the Karnataka High Court. Xiaomi alleged that ED pressured its officers but the allegations were denied by the agency. The new raids come amid the government's increased scrutiny for businesses that trace their origin to the neighboring country according to Hindustan Times. In April earlier this year an inquiry was launched against Vivo to see if there was quote significant irregularities in the ownership and financial reporting unquote according to Bloomberg. The probe against Chinese firms tightened after tensions at the border between the two countries in 2020, leading to multiple rounds of talks. More than 200 Chinese mobile apps, including TikTok, have been banned since then. The Patna High Court today stayed a demolition drive in Nepali Nagar area. However, the district magistrate said that by the time he received the order, the 40-acre land in question was cleared of encroachment already. PTI reported. The court stayed the process of demolition on Monday and posted the matter for further hearing on July 6th. Directing the authorities to not take any coercive action, the court asked the district administration to file a reply on the next date of the hearing. Meanwhile, DM Chandrasekhar Singh told PTI that the encroachments had already been removed by the time the high court order came and the land was handed over to the housing board. The demolition drive in Rajivnagar on July 3rd had turned violent as locals attacked policemen present at the spot. According to the police and the administration, the area is home to many illegal constructions and was subject to an anti-encroachment drive where 17 JCB machines were used to demolish illegally constructed buildings. The DM has claimed that land mafia is quite active in Nepali Nagar of Rajivnagar area, adding that the first encroached government land and then start selling it illegally stones were thrown and cooking gas cylinders were hurled at police when they reached the area with bulldozers on sunday officials said
adding that they had to use tear gas to bring the situation under control. The DM said that prohibitory orders under Section 144 of the Criminal Procedure Code was imposed in the area after the violence in the demolition drive. Chief of Jan Adhikar Party, Papu Yadav, along with his supporters, came and started protesting. They were immediately removed, the DM added. The police have so far registered four cases against those who tried to stop the demolition drive in the area. Patna Deputy Commissioner stated that over 5,000 houses have been built on the east side and officials suspect that land mafias could be involved in this, as almost no one has any documentation and are occupying the land illegally. Mansa police in Punjab secured eight days' remand from a Mansa court of four accused, including two shooters, in Punjabi singer Sidhu Musewala murder case today, Indian Express reported. The arrests were initially made by the Delhi police, after which the Mansa police sought a transfer. The accused are Priyavrat, alias Foji, who was the shooter, Deepak, who is said to be a close aide of gangster Lawrence Bishnoi and Keshav Kumar, who provided the vehicle to the escaping shooters. This morning, they were presented before the Patiala House Court of New Delhi on transit remand. According to news agencies, the Punjab police have failed in arresting any shooter and all the key arrests were made by the Delhi police in the murder of Musewala, who was shot dead on May 29th in Javarke village in Mansa. Foji is the main accused charged with shooting and killing Musewala. It is being reported that after the remand transfer, the police took Foji to Mansa CIA and may take him to CIA headquarters at Kharar to make him confront gangster Lawrence Bishnoi, who is considered the main conspirator of the entire crime. The police remand of the four accused will end on July 13th. Further, the Delhi police arrested another shooter, Ankit Sirsa and his associate Sachin Bhavani in connection with the Punjabi singer's murder. Mansa police will have to wait for its turn for remand of Sirsa and Bhavani as Delhi police have already secured the remand. Admitting bankruptcy, Sri Lankan Prime Minister Ranil Vikram Singhe said in Parliament today, Sri Lanka's acute pain of its unprecedented economic crisis will linger at least till the end of next year. The island nation's 22 million people have endured months of inflation, lengthy power cuts and fuel crisis after the government ran out of foreign currency to import vital goods, AFP reported. The Prime Minister added that Sri Lanka's negotiations with the International Monetary Fund are now more complex and difficult than in the past because now it is a bankrupt nation. Vikram Singhe told lawmakers that recent discussions with visiting IMF mission were fruitful but not as straightforward as in the past. He explained that even though Sri Lanka held talks with IMF on many occasions before, this time the situation is different from all those previous occasions. The main difference, he said, is that the previous talks were held as a quote-unquote developing country but now they are participating in the negotiations as a bankrupt country. Vikram Singhe said that a preliminary agreement has been submitted to the IMF Board of Directors for approval. But due to the state of bankruptcy in their country, they have to submit a plan on their debt sustainability to them separately. Only when the IMF are satisfied with that plan, they can reach an agreement at the staff level. Discussions are underway with India, Japan and China to form an aid consortium once a staff level agreement with the IMF is reached, Vikram Singhe said. Sri Lanka suspended repayment on foreign debts worth about $7 billion that were due this year because of its foreign exchange levels fell to record lows. The country's total foreign debt is $51 billion, out of which 
$28 billion must be repaid by 2027, an average repayment of about $5 billion a year. The process to ratify Sweden and Finland as the newest members of NATO was formally launched today, AFP reported. The military alliance's head, Jens Stoltenberg, made the announcement. Stoltenberg told reporters in a joint press statement with the Swedish and Finnish foreign ministers that it was a good day for Finland and Sweden and a good day for NATO. He added that with 32 nations around the table, they would now be even stronger and their people will be safer even during the biggest security crises in decades, with reference to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. According to AP, the move further increases Russia's strategic isolation adding that the Russian military has been struggling there since the beginning of the invasion in February. According to the report, the 30 current ambassadors and permanent representatives are formally approving the decisions of last week's NATO summit. It was at this summit that the alliance made the decision to invite Russia's neighbour, Finland and Scandinavian partner Sweden to join the military club. It should be noted that after this initial deliberation on whether these two countries could join the alliance, Vladimir Putin had issued warnings that Russia would respond in kind if NATO set up military infrastructure in Finland and Sweden after they joined the US-led alliance. According to The Guardian, Putin was quoted by Russian news agencies as saying he could not rule out that the tensions would emerge in Moscow's relations with Helsinki and Stockholm over their joining NATO last week. Moscow has maintained that there would be serious military and political consequences of such a move and it would oblige it to restore military balance by strengthening its defences in the Baltic Sea region, including by deploying nuclear weapons. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.